0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You have your host Elena here, and today I have Nikki Biller with me, and I am excited for you guys to get access to this guy because our pre-interview was fire. I I really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm excited for you guys to hear his story. So, welcome to the show,
1: Elena. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm pumped and excited, juice, jazz, and enthused. Let's roll.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm super excited to have you here as well. I want you to tell people about your career through entrepreneurship and what made you write your books and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you my backstory. I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was uh, a young boy of 11, the Islamic revolution took place in Iran. And um, the benign dictatorship of the Shah was replaced by the absolute tyranny of the mullahs. And my late father, who himself was an entrepreneur, he could see the writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be a great place to raise this Christian family anymore. Mm-hmm. So what he decided to do at that point in time was make a plan to get us out of Iran. And he did. And it took us a while. But eventually, we settled where I now live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're both fellow Canadians, which is pretty awesome. Love. And um, me too. And I got to tell you, at the time, I, I didn't want this. I was upset to be leaving the country of my birth, all my friends, but thank God for my dad and his foresight and his pre-science. He changed the trajectory of our whole family. You know, we are now living in freedom because of my father. And um, I got to tell you, I'm very grateful to live in a free country. I'm a champion for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. Philosophically, that undergirds my love and support for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs and why I'm an entrepreneur myself, because Mm -hmm. without freedom, without free enterprise, you can't have entrepreneurship. You need to have a society where those conditions exist. Right. And I know there's some people here in Canada and America that, you know, say crazy things like, oh, my God, Canada. Oh, my God, we're so terrible. We're so oppressive. We're so racist. We're so sexist. Now, no one's going to pretend we're perfect, okay? Let's just be clear. We've made some mistakes, we'll continue to make mistakes. But are you kidding me? This Uh is the freest, most tolerant place on earth. Despite all its flaws, it's still amazing. We're still really lucky to be here. And I say that. I think we all need to be grateful for that because without this freedom, we wouldn't get to do business. We wouldn't be able to do it. And every entrepreneur, in my opinion, first needs to be a philosopher of freedom every entrepreneur needs to believe in freedom stand up for freedom and you know be one of those people who takes advantage of freedom now my dad was an entrepreneur as i said and he was an uplifter of people and i got to tell you if you knew my dad and you were looking for work he'd actually pick phone and make calls until he got you a job if you were somebody who was like trying to start a business He'd like take time. He'd meet with you. He'd bring other business people to meet with you and advise you. He'd even get you access to capital so you could get started. And he didn't even care if you wanted to compete with him because he had an abundance mentality. He didn't actually believe in competition, right? That was the Mm -hmm. kind of guy that he was. And then if you were trying to buy a car, a house, an apartment, and you didn't quite have enough, he would top you up so you could buy that car, that house, that apartment. And you might think to yourself, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Who does that? Well, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, for one, and why would he do that? Well, first of all, he was a devout Christian. He believed, as a Christian, it was his duty to share his blessings. Because God had blessed him, he needed to bless others. Secondly, he did it because he was an entrepreneur and he was successful. He could do it. And this is why I think entrepreneurs are society's greatest heroes. All the innovation comes from entrepreneurs. All the jobs come from entrepreneurs. The sure heck don't come from government or big business. Right. And right. That's a fact. Right. And all, all good things come from entrepreneurs. So, you know, I just wanted to be like my dad. Like I wanted to be uh, an uplifter of people. I wanted to be somebody who made a difference in people's lives. So eventually after, uh, you know, a torturous route, I became an entrepreneur. And I decided to get into the helping profession. So I actually was one of the top fitness coaches in Canada at one point. I worked with Olympic gold medalist Donovan Bailey. You may remember Donovan Bailey, the great Canadian met champion. Yep. So Donovan and I, you know, we were in business together for a while. We worked together. So, I, you know, it was cool. I worked with another Olympic gold medalist, Mark McCoy. You know, that was really darn cool. I worked with top, top CEOs. I work with multi-billionaires. I work with the top um, uh, realtor in all of Canada. I work with the top realtor in Toronto. I work with that, like that was my thing. I was attracted to the top. And during that time period, I actually decided to write my first book. And this was my first book. It's called Finish Line Thinking How to Think Want Like a Champion. Technically, it's the second edition of my first book because you know there's a first edition that's got a bit of a different cover, but it was a short, book it was designed to create you know um a bit of a buzz about me it was designed to have people know who i am it became my business card it branded me out there as the finish line thinking man so when i got out of being a fitness coach and i got into being a business coach this book was one of the things that really helped put me forward right i got a brand this book's made me three and a half million dollars but not from book sales right right and that was that was incredible as far as this was concerned. Now, when I got into business and I started helping people with business, here's what I noticed, Elena, maybe you have too. There's a lot of good men and women in business. They have big hearts. They wanna make a difference. They care, but they don't necessarily get business. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're really good at the thing, the whatever it is that they do, but marketing, sales, financial statements, hiring, firing, culture, all that stuff, that's like overwhelming to them. And many of them, that stops them at some point. They get to a certain level, and they, because of these things, they can't get past it. Me, I noticed this, and I, I i studied business in school. You know, I have an undergraduate Bachelor of Commerce degree from the University of Toronto, and I have a Master's degree from Georgetown University in, in what they call, you know, international business, Right. And and diplomacy. So, you know, I I got all kinds of credentials and degrees and all that jazz that I learned. Plus, I had an entrepreneur father who understood business from a business family. So I understood business. So I'm looking at these folks and going, okay, I can help people, whether they're relatively new and, you know, like under 100,000 or they've been in business for a while and they're making millions, but they're still not good business people. It's just how good they were at it got them a lot of clients. I sat with folks and I helped them become business people. I helped them understand what it takes to scale. And for people that are mostly kind of micro businesses, under a million, what I noticed their number one problem was, Elena, is they, were, they didn't get marketing and they didn't get sales. So let me talk about both in turn, right? So sales, so many people that are in that under a million category sales scares them i don't want to be seen as pushy i don't want to be seen as salesy i can't reek of commission breath when i walk in a room they smell it coming off of me you remember like the old future shop sales when future shop oh, yeah. was selling the stuff that they reeked of that commission breath you want to buy you want to buy you want to buy it was crazy right so here's the thing right so they're good people and i get it it's a good impulse but they don't go after business they should go after so they don't get that business it halts them in their tracks and you know what else happens those people they could have helped they don't get their help so they're still hurting yeah. and then some charlatan marketer some dude or dudette with zero empathy for human beings who just wants the sale goes in there scoops up the business and doesn't deliver so everybody loses the good person loses because they're they don't get the business Mm-hmm. You know, the client loses because they don't get their problem solved by a good person. Even that charlatan loses. You know why? Because what goes around comes around. The good Lord is going to come and bite you in the butt. You mess with enough people, God <laughs> will mess with you. That's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? So the 100%. sum total of goodness in the world goes down. So what does Nikki Baloo think? I go, okay, me, I, lo- I love people and I love selling. Like to me, selling is like connecting with a human being. I I sold you on being on your show, right? Right. I sold you on being on your show, but you know, I don't look at it as sales or pushing. I look at it as love and service. Yes. I actually created a piece of IP where I wrote out sales is an act of love. Sales is an act of love. And I said, you know, sales is actually an act of deep love. You should only sell to people that you love and care about and want to have their lives be better. Otherwise you shouldn't sell. To, the, to anybody who you don't feel that way about. and But people couldn't wrap their heads around this, Elena. They just, like that word just like stuck in their crawl oh, sales, 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 So I said, okay, we're going to rebrand this. We're going to rebrand this. We're not going to call it sales. We're going to reframe it and call it service. Now, nobody likes to be sold, Elena. You don't like to be sold. I don't like to be sold. And both of us sell for a living, right? We don't like that, that kind of future shop, pushy salesman coming down our throats but we love to be served. I bet you've gone in a store where the salesperson has come and served the heck out of you and you felt like taken care of and you just gladly bought whatever the heck they wanted to like, exactly. like show you. That's what service is. So when I realized I could rewire people's brains with this, I started to do that. I started to teach people how to reframe. Now, it's not instant. I can't just tell you change sales to service and oh yeah, it's done. There's a little bit of, you know, mindset work that needs to to happen. That's one of the things we talk about in the book is how to do that kind of mindset work. So if you want to learn how to do it for, you know, cheap, go buy this book. I think it's $15 or 20 bucks on Amazon or whatever it's in there. Um, And you get that. And we help people double their business, triple their business, fivefold their business, Just from reframing and rewiring sales in their minds. Yeah. Right. That was powerful. Now, the second thing we noticed was, and this, even for successful people, millionaires and multimillionaires make this mistake. They don't know how to stand out. Like, I see this all the time. Okay. I have so many friends who are successful who, like, I go, what do you do? I'm a realtor. I'm a financial <laughs> advisor. Oh, yeah, yeah so they, I'm, I, that's me. I'm a I give great I'm the service. Gas. Yeah. I'm your gal. I'm your guy. I give great service. I'm like, oh, nobody cares. Yeah, that's
0: what people, everyone says. Yeah.
1: People aren't buying their way into something. They're buying their way out of something. Hmm. Let me repeat that. People aren't buying their way into something. They're buying their way out of something. They're not buying the services of a financial advisor, a realtor, a coach. They're buying their way out of Misery. I'm getting divorced. I need to sell my house. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, I need to build my wealth. My, I haven't built wealth for, for decades. I, my business is stuck. I need it to get unstuck. My relationship is stuck. I need it to get unstuck. I'm 50 pounds overweight. I need to lose that weight. They're buying their way out of hell. Yeah, Hell is how they would describe, not maybe out loud to you, but to themselves, their current situation. So they do business with you for that reason. And even successful people make this mistake. So I'm like, you need to be not an expert because experts are a dime a dozen, but you need to be a thought leader. And you might go, well, okay, Nikki, what's the difference? Like an expert is someone who knows something, right? They know something. They're good at it. But experts are a dime a dozen. But a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. A Mm -hmm. thought leader is rare and valuable. Let me give you an example, okay? So there's two individuals, and I'm going to tell you about these individuals. They're both professors of psychology at the University of Toronto in the area of social and personal, PhDs, these these two chats, you know, one of them actually went to Cornell and the other one to McGill. You know, both are high-level schools, right? And one of them is an expert, and one of them is a thought leader. I'm going to tell you both their names. You tell me who's the expert. You tell me who's the thought leader, okay? The first one, is his name is Dr. Jason Plax. The second one is Dr. Jordan Peterson. Now, which one's the expert? Which one's the thought leader? Hmm.
0: That's a challenge. I love Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Jordan Peterson.
1: But I'm telling you of the two of them, who's the expert? Who's known? Uh, who, who's the expert? Who's the thought leader? Who's unknown and who's known? Jordan Peterson is Jordan.
0: the expert, I would say.
1: No, Jordan Peterson really? is the thought leader. Okay. He's The thought leader. Remember, an expert is not known. A thought okay. leader is known. Okay, that An expert sense. just knows something. He's good at it. A thought leader is known for what he's good at. Right. People seek him out or her out. Yeah. So you get the difference, right? That's yeah. expert. That's thought leader. So I teach you to be a thought leader in your space. Now you might go, well, I'm not a professor. Doesn't matter. It's not just about being a professor. In the world of being a financial advisor, okay, you can be a financial advisor and you can be really successful but you could just be a financial advisor or you could be the financial advisor as an example who knows everything there is to know about working with Alberta based doctors working with oil patch executives working with Ontario based um nurses whatever that and you could have written the book about that you could you could have a podcast that's only about those people and then The people, so whenever there is an Alberta based doctor, Toronto based nurse, and they're like, I need a financial advisor, and they go, Well, who should I? Who should I go? Who should I work with? They'll go, Oh, well, you should work with so and so. So and so only works with with nurses. So and so only works with doctors, and only in Alberta and only in Ontario. So this is like the world's leading authority on this. And that's what thought leadership is it's authority building.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me
1: give you an example. Okay. So there was a young man that came to see me, Nikki B. Right. I kind of a, adopted Nikki B. Like Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk with Gary V. So I'm I like, like it. B, Nikki B. So Nikki B. he comes to me and he was a young man. This was about eight years ago. And uh, February, 2015. And he was a personal fitness trainer. Like I used to be, but, that he was a good trainer like he knew how to like train and get people results but he was a crappy businessman you know what i'm talking about like he had seven clients so buddy comes to me because he he wants to make more money he's making twelve hundred dollars a month he's borrowing money from mom and dad to pay his his bills because twelve hundred dollars a month in toronto is not enough right no Um, not at all no no it's like
0: half your rent (laughs)
1: like a quarter of a mortgage payment you you got it so um so buddy comes over and uh he says okay i need your help i go okay great so tell me about tell me about you your business blah 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 so he goes yeah i'm a a fitness trainer and i go okay who do you work with he goes well i i I, really anybody oh no. no 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 he says really anybody i go, like no 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 buddy no 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 you you can't no no he says really i i can help you lose weight i can help you get fit I can help you uh, put on muscle. I can help you get on stage for competition. I can do it all. And I'm like, oh, God.
0: You're just like everyone else.
1: You are just like everyone else. We need to narrow your focus. So at first he goes, okay, okay, I got it. I'm going to work with doctors. So no work, no like deep thinking, no trying to understand. I'm just like, a... so Buddy comes up and goes, I'm going to work with doctors. I'm going, why doctors? He said, well, dad's a doctor. I'm call <laughs> your dad's a doctor. he says also doctors they got money they make a lot of money i'm like no 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 you cannot that can't be your message Mm -hmm. he said i'm no way i'm doing this i've decided so not very coachable right and then he tries it nada zero zero results so i'm talking to him again i'm coaching him i'm going listen man didn't work we need we need to change this we need to pivot and he said okay 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 um Narrow my focus, right? Cardiologist. I'm like, okay, again, out of the blue, cardiologist. Why? They make more money than doctors. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, buddy. You're not getting it. It's not, I'm not. Just, I'm doing this. Zero results.
0: I go to a different place. I'm like, yeah, but cardiologists are dealing with people who have heart conditions who could utilize your services because they could get more fit and build a stronger heart. I'm like, if you just change your focus, imagine the business difference.
1: You know, that could have been a decent thought for him, but he didn't do it. Right. So he comes back to me, and then just out of the blue, serendipity, the good Lord sends him a Paralympic athlete who had a missing leg. For some reason, God knew better, yeah. and God decided to put these two together, and it worked. He got good results with this guy, and this guy actually went out and won some competitions, you know, medals and stuff. And um, he comes to me after this, and he goes, Nicky, I'm an idiot. And I'm like, no argument from me. <laughs> he said, I've just been trying to go for the money. I was not listening to you. I wasn't doing the deep thinking. I was just like, let's just go after the money. And I realized I should have been going after making a difference for somebody. And I go, yeah, you should have. He said, "I'm going to go work with people with missing limbs because I really know how to help them, and not a lot of people are helping them."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, "That is a great idea." In six weeks, Elena, he sold 400 clients. Yeah, six weeks. Now, this is a man with seven clients making 1,200 a month, and he was doing. He was a one-on-one trainer. No one-on-one trainer can work with 400 people. It's impossible by themselves yeah we had yeah. to recreate and remodel his business so he could work with multiple people, and his income went up not by one zero, but by two zeros to over a hundred thousand dollars a month. Now, most trainers don't make a hundred thousand dollars a year, not even close, right yeah. They're lucky if they make forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. So how did young Danny do that? Well, first of all, um, he stopped going after the money. He started wanting to make a difference for his fellow men, and that really worked. But secondly, he went into what we call a blue ocean, not a red ocean. There was no competition there. Other trainers are like, yeah, hey, these guys, they can't work out. They don't have limbs.
0: Yeah,
1: Danny knew better. And his message wasn't just, hey, let's work out. His message was, you can do anything. Anybody else can do. Uh You can be a physical badass. It's going to give you self confidence, self belief, and you're going to be healthy and fit and live longer and all that good stuff. Uh And you got to understand put yourself in the shoes of someone with a missing limb. I have a few friends with missing limbs. Uh They may not tell you out loud, but they probably have certain limiting beliefs, like they can't do anything anybody else can do. Right probably don't think that um, physically they can do certain things. And that limiting belief, probably, you know, they don't feel great about not having all their limbs. They're like, ah, wish I had all my limbs. And obviously, that's a natural series of feelings to have. But Dan's message was, "bullcrap, crap. You can do anything anyone else can do, and I'm going to show you how. And you can understand why that message would really resonate powerfully.
0: Yeah. Do you know that
1: message?
0: Do you know Nick Santanastasso? No, I don't. Okay. So you would love his message. So maybe he trained with that guy, you know, because he was born with no legs and one arm. And he was like, his parents were told that he probably wouldn't make it till his fifth birthday type thing. And now he's like 24 or 25 now and living his best life. He became a bodybuilder and wrestled professionally and just like he literally amputated his own arm so that he could wrestle because he just kept popping his bone through his arm. And he's like, this is stupid. Like, I want to be able to do life and like, have people not tell me that I can't do anything. And so he wrote a book as well called victim to victor. And it's all about shifting your mindset from being this, this victim mentality that everyone's telling you that you should have to being that person that is going out and proving people wrong. And I loved that. And like you were talking about earlier, you're Um, so there's a chapter in my book, pursuit of relentless guidebook for your best life possible that talks about changing your mentality from, um, outcome to impact. And I think that when you're focused on that, like what message can you get across to people like this Danny guy, right? When you're, when you're focused on, okay, this is what makes me tick. Like, this is what actually makes me happy. And you're able to really shift it. Look at the impact that you can make on other people's lives, but as well, your own, right? And your own bank account as well, because you're not focused on just making money. You're focused on what you can do to serve others. And I think that that's a a huge point that people can take away from today's episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my father used to say to me um, before he passed all the time, son, remember, life is not about numbers. Or business or money. It's about people. Even business is not about numbers or money. It's about people.
0: Yes.
1: And he said to me, you know, at the core of every business is solving a problem for a person. So, what is business? It's about solving problems for people for profit. Mm -hmm. PPP. I call this my patented 3P seven figure. Solution: You can make seven figures in income a year if what you focus on is on solving acute problems for amazing people and an awesome profit. Yeah,
0: I love that. And it's something that not many people talk about. And I think that when, so when I first started in business, I fell in love with the mentality of World Financial Group. Like I never thought I was going to be a successful entrepreneur. Or like I was clearly not cut out to be a financial advisor. I was a hundred grand in debt at 26 years old right? Just like clearly screaming, I should be a financial professional. Uh, But now I use my message to go, Hey, I was able to change it in such a short amount of time. Like it took me five years to pay off all my debt, but then I was debt free, you know? And now it's just crazy how much of a difference you can make in your life. If you're focused on the impact that you can make in people's lives. So all I did was I focused on like world financial groups mission is middle income families, middle-income families that are being left behind by traditional industry. And I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm not targeting the multimillionaires, right? Am I going to get some of those clients? Yeah, totally. But they're not my focus, right? It's the people who are single mom raising four kids because that resonates with me. That's how I was raised. Right. And I sit here and I listen to you talk about your father. And I'm like, you're just like Tim Grover. I'm like, this is awesome. I love that I get to interview you because I sit here and I listen to people who have the underdog mentality. And it's like, hey, you can shine through if you choose to. And you don't have to be the person that people tell you you're supposed to be. Do you think people were like, oh, yeah, Lena, you should totally go be a financial advisor? No, they're like, are you stupid? Like, what do you mean? You're crazy. What do you mean you're quitting your $100,000 a year job? I'm like, yeah, but I'm following my dream. I love helping people. And I couldn't do that as a heavy equipment operator, you know? So I had to make a change and I had to shift it. And I was just taking a chance on myself. And like you said, sometimes you just have to do something a little uncomfortable, um, Mm -hmm. but you can prove people wrong and just help them change their mindset on what's possible. And I think that that is a huge lesson.
1: Yeah, 1,000%. It's funny you mentioned Tim Grover. Um, a client of mine was also a client of Tim's. He introduced me to him. I did a couple of Tim's courses, um, the three of Tim's courses. I got to know him. He uh was part of a group coaching program that he did. Uh, really, really solid guy. Um, and I actually, um, on my Rumble channel, I do book reviews. Cool. So I... I read a lot of books. I read about 100 books a year. So what I do is I take uh, the top three points in the book. And I do a four-minute book review And I say read it or, or don't read it, basically. So um, if you go to my Rumble channel, it's Persian Poet. Go check out some of those book reviews because I think you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the, the book review I did a Tim's book. It's a lot of fun. So so this is, this is the Danny uh, story. Now, let me tell you what else you need to do in order to become successful, get to the next level. And I want to really talk about this, not just for somebody who's relatively new in business, because it applies to people who are new in business, Mm -hmm. but it also applies really to anybody. And especially it applies to people that are in the danger zone. Let me tell you what I mean about the danger zone. When someone's making between a half a million and two million a year, a funny thing happens to them. They start to get cocky and arrogant. They start to buy their own bullshit. They start to to like go, look at me. I'm, I am money. I'm the shit. I'm the shit. I don't need my advisors anymore. I don't need my coaches anymore. I got it covered. And that arrogance humbles them because god doesn't like that kind of arrogance and god will knock you on your keister with that Mm -hmm. that's what happens and you cannot ever ever no matter how much money you're making think you know it all think you have nothing to learn from people what got you to where you are is that you are eager to learn and that's what will keep you moving forward What'll stop your forward momentum is when you think you have nothing you need to learn from anybody. And it's ridiculous to think that. And it's also ridiculous to think that just because you're making half a mil, a mil, two mil, you're somebody special. You're not. You're not. I'm sorry to tell you this. I hope this offends you, actually, because I mean to (laughs) offend you when I say this. I mean to offend you. You need to be offended because if you're thinking like that, I'd rather you be offended and wake up than not be offended and have life run you over with a mat truck because it will happen.
0: Exactly. And One then they lose all their time. wealth and they're like, oh, what happened? I'm like, your ego took over.
1: Your ego took over. You stopped being a humble person. Yeah. So here's what you need to do. You need to like make sure you don't go there. But- at, at, a person that's newer in business, they're a little bit more humble and they're hungry and eager. So, the third quality of super success in business that you have to have is you got to value yourself and what you do. You cannot undervalue yourself. So many people in business undercharge. Why do they undercharge? So you There's only purposes. two reasons you would undercharge. Reason number one is you actually don't think it's worth it, what you do. You think it's not worth charging more than you're charging. And if that's the case, then we either need to make you better at what you do so it is worth it, or we need to at least rewire your mindset, right? Because your mindset sucks, right? Reason number two is you think it's worth it, but you don't think anyone will pay why because of the competition hmm. because of what else is out there and that is a mistake because when you think that way you're putting the attention on you and not where it belongs on the people you help mm-hmm. if you under charge you are hurting first and foremost your clients what did you say nikki Did you say if I charge too little, I'm hurting my clients? Are you out of your mind? Clients love it when they get a deal. Ah, grasshopper, not so fast. Maybe. In certain things, like, you know, chocolates and things like that, sure. You'd like a better deal? Everybody would. But when it comes to a high-end service, nope. That is not true at all.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Not at all. Apples to apples, sure. I'd rather pay less for the same apple. But apples to oranges, if, God forbid, I needed surgery of any type, who would I want to do the surgery on me? The bargain basement surgeon or the most expensive surgeon around? The best. Elena, what do you think my answer would be? The best surgeon. The most expensive surgeon around. Why? Because my assumption is that means they're the best. Yeah. Right? And usually that's the case. Okay, so let me show you a little something. Okay, I'm a knife collector. This is one of my knives. This knife is made by Kershaw Knives, American Knife Company, and it is designed by Ernest Emerson, who happens to be a friend of mine. He's the inventor of the tactical folding knife for the Navy SEALs and a really cool guy, owns a $10 million company, and he's been a guest on my podcast numerous times. He introduced me to Royce Gracie. The first UFC champion. That was kind of cool. So, great knife. It's on my desk. It's about 50 bucks. Look at it. Isn't it lovely? It's, you know, got clean lines. It's very sharp. It cuts. It does the job. But 50 bucks. Now, I like this knife. I don't take especially great, careful care of it. It's on my desk. I just toss it down. I use it when I need to. It's a great knife. Now, as a collector, I have some other knives that are a little different from that knife. And let me show you one of them. This one's made by an Alberta-based fellow by the name of Greg Lightfoot. Now, this knife is not 50 bucks. This is a custom-made Greg Lightfoot original knife made for me. You can see the blade. You can see the design. It is it's beautiful. using a, a steel called virus Damascus. It's very, very expensive. The bolsters, purple-colored bolsters, are a combination of Damascus steel and titanium. You know titanium that they use in aerospace? And the handles, that's made with a material called mammoth tooth. It's 30,000 years old mammoth tooth from an actual mammoth. This knife costs me a little more than 50 bucks. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, why would I pay this much for this knife well it gives me a certain level of enjoyment it's in its own case i have special cleaning instructions for this knife you know i don't let just anybody handle that knife i'll let anybody handle this knife why i get a lot of enjoyment of knowing that i have a custom knife that was made for me by a master craftsman Mm -hmm. You, you follow what i'm saying definitely now if you're an advisor you're a coach um And let's say, let's say I'm I'm the coach. I'm talking about me. And let's say you were coming to me and you're saying, Nikki, gag nabbit in 2023, I want to double my income. I know I can do it, but I need some guidance. I need a coach. I need some help. You know, I I know how to get to a million a year. I want to get to 2.5 million. All right, Let's, let's talk. And then we talk and, you know, we get along. You like me, you trust me, whatever. And I go, okay, Elena, here we go. I got a plan for you and I lay it out for you. You take a look, you go, know, this sounds like a really good plan. Okay, Nikki. what's it cost to work with you for a year? And I go, oh, 500 bucks, Elena. You're going to go, what? You're going to make me an extra one and a half million and you're going to charge me $500? That doesn't compute. Right. You'd go to yourself, I don't believe this guy. He's He can't do it. He's a loser. He doesn't understand. Forget it. I'm not going to work with him. Now, if instead of 500 bucks, I said 50 grand, now you might not want to pay the 50 grand, but you go, "Oh, this guy's real, he's serious, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he's talking about." You know And when you charge the right amount, not overcharge, because I don't believe in gouging, your client takes you seriously, you have leverage over them, and you can get them a result.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'll give you an example. I had a client this this was a uh, a, a gentleman in manhattan in new york city he owned an acupuncture clinic um eastern scholars healing arts i think it was called and he was successful he made six figures a year but it's manhattan six figures it's just man- not age. yeah right he came to me and he said i need to make seven figures a year i'm like oh okay all right, So he's been doing about 150,000 a year. So I took a look at his business. You know, I got a process I walked people through and everything about his business was properly organized, except for one thing. Like he had a great message. He had great clients. He knew his target market was. He charged too little, way too little, Not not a little bit too little, way too little. So I went to him and I said, hey, you're undervaluing yourself. And he said, yeah, you're not the first person to tell me this. I'm like, surprise, surprise, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And then I said, we need to raise your fees. He said, okay. And he goes, how much do you want me to raise my fees by? Like 10%, 20%? I'm like, no. I want you to 20 fold your fees. He's like, what? Are you crazy?" I'm a, I'm a, I'm a-. I said, don't hyperventilate, relax, take a breath. He says, I can't do that. They're almost going to pay. I'm like. Dude, you are the highest end in terms of your clientele, in terms of how, what you do, how you do it. You're in the most expensive part of Manhattan, and you're charging like you're like in the slums? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. No, we got to raise. He wouldn't do it. I made him sevenfold his prices. That was as much as I was able to get him to go. Now, this happens, okay? Nothing else changed, not his messaging, not anything else. Just seven folded his fees. Elena, he over 20 folded his clientele. Yep. Instantly. Over 20 folded it. He went from 150,000 to 1. 1.2 million in four months. Wow. That's over a million dollars in four months. And then he came to me and he's like, holy crap, I am an idiot. And I'm like, again, like with the other guy, no argument there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I wonder if I could make more money if I raised them more. I go give it a shot. And, you know, um this young man valued himself in a way that his clients would value him. Now, one of his clients was Robert De Niro. You know okay. the actor, Robert De yeah. Niro. I bet you when he raised his prices, Robert De Niro brought people. Yeah. Before he wouldn't. He's just like, nah, I can't bring my friends here. It's like, come on, they're not going to look at the price and they'll tell me oh, you're an idiot, right? When he raised his prices, Robert De Niro probably said, hey, look, come to my acupuncturist. He's the best one I know. He's got you know the highest prices in Manhattan. You can trust him. And that's what worked for this fellow. You've got to value yourself. So first, you've got to know how to sell by selling to people, like heart-based, service-based selling, servant selling. Secondly, you've got to have clear message you got to be a thought leader and not an expert you got to stand out from the crowd and thirdly you got to value your offerings
0: Hmm.
1: now what's the fourth quality that you've got to have you have got you have got to have mentors and coaches you've got to Hmm. like it's insanity to not have them yeah okay because people like are thinking to themselves, oh, well, you know, I'm good. I don't need anybody. It, coaches are expensive. You know, masterminds are expensive. And I'm like. And necessary.
0: How are you supposed to spread, stretch your mind if you're stuck in this mentality of this is where I'm at? Well, then you surround not. yourself with these people who make 10 times your income or 20 times your income or 100 times your income. And you're just sitting there going, oh, they're at a whole new level. And it's like, yeah, but how do you expect to get to that level if you don't surround yourself with those people?
1: Right? Exactly. Exactly. So these people don't invest and they are insane. You know, the definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. They're, they're officially insane. Robin Sharma was a client of mine when I was a fitness trainer. Okay. I had the highest end clients in the the whole country. And Robin would tell me, Nikki, if you want to double your income this year, all you have to do is triple your investment in personal and professional development. hire more coaches, join masterminds, attend conferences, right? Buy courses and read books. And I'm like, really, for real? He goes, yep. And I did what he said. I did what he said. I tripled my investment in personal professional development. I over doubled my income. And I'm going to tell you a story that is going to blow you away. Okay. So... And this this is a story with um, a couple of lessons in it. But mm-hmm. there was a woman who had been a coach. When I met her, she was in her mid-50s. She's probably in her early 60s right now. Wonderful lady, wonderful name. Her name was Adele. And, um, you know, like the singer. So she was a great coach, really great skills. She could not grow her business. She was doing $2,000 a month on a good month. Uh And she was just beside herself. Now, here's the worst part. She had spent $125,000 on experts with zero return. Zero return. Zero. Zero. And so someone introduced her to us. And she kind of got a vibe from us that we weren't full of crap. And so she decided to work with us. And, you know, because someone had, her husband had taken her credit cards away. It said, sweetheart, you got to give me a credit card. You're spending this in the poorhouse." But she really felt she could do this. And she thought, I need to invest. I'm going to invest in these guys. And it was a lot of money for her. At the time, we charged her like $10,000. We charge a lot more (laughs) right now for the same work we did for her. But it was like 10,000 on top of 125,000 gone down the drain. Okay. So it was, it was, it was money. And she comes and looks at me and goes, Nikki, this better work. And I just gulped and I'm like, it'll work. And I just said, I will do whatever it takes. And I looked at her in the eye and I said, I'll do whatever it takes. You do your part. I'll do my part. I will not let you go until you get the result. So we started working with her and everything they told her to do was crap it was about making them money it was about jacking up ads and things like that and we said stop all of that i said your strategy right now is going to be to go to your warm market nothing else she said okay now here's your message we got her message we tighten up the message and i said let's tight let's narrow your market we helped her narrow her market and then i said adele sweetheart you need to make calls and you need to have meetings and there's no other way to do it there's no ads. There's no, all that stuff is is lies. Maybe at some point we can revisit it, but we need clients right now. Yeah, She did what I told her to do. In her first month, she made 20 grand, 20 grand from like never having done more than 2000. In her best month, she did over 50 grand. In fact, the year over year had been the previous year, it was 500. It was on, on soft. This year it was over 50 grand. It was a hundred, it was, it was a hundred fold increase, 10,000%. That's the power of investing in yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: In a powerful, powerful way. I agree. And the fifth thing I'm going to tell you is it's 2023 right now. There's a recession on. There's a crazy series of world events. There's a war in Europe that could go nuclear. Like, let's be honest. Let's not sugarcoat this and pretend it can't. Mm -hmm. China might invade Taiwan, which also could... (laughs) be a huge event that takes us to world war i don't know if you saw in the news in ohio there was a train derailment with massive chemical spill that apparently wiped out a whole town yeah that happened yesterday like go look it up train derailment chemical in ohio they're they're putting a news clamp down on it which is nuts but a whole town there's animals from 30 miles away that are dying because of these chemicals that got released into the atmosphere It is. It is. We're living in these kind of times, okay? We're in the fourth turning. And there's people that are going, okay, you know what? I'm going to go follow these gurus who are telling me to do things that worked in 2019, 2020, 2021. I'm sorry, but things that work then to grow your business don't work now. Yeah. You need to be doing things that work now. Now, there's a bunch of things that work now. One of them is podcasting. Now, most people who do podcasting don't know how to make money from their podcast, and they absolutely don't know how to make money from being a guest on a podcast. But I do. I know how to make money from being a guest on a podcast. I've made over six figures in less than six months, and I know how to make money from having my own podcast. And I'm telling you, you need to do these plus a few other strategies, and that's what's going to get you to the next level. And if you're doing old stuff and you're not doing new stuff, you're screwed. Yeah. So when I joined Podmatch, okay, I started to become a guest on a bunch of shows. In the first few shows, it was great, but I made no money. And then I figured out one thing that nobody does when they're a guest on a show. Now, if you want to know that one thing, I'm not going to tell you here right now. You need to jump <laughs> up on a phone call with me because that's kind of my secret sauce. I'll I'll reveal it to serious people on a phone call, but I figured out that one thing and I've generated eleven high-ticket sales that have generated well over a quarter million dollars in revenue from being a guest on a podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're not going on a show, if you don't understand how to monetize your appearance on a show to be an expert guest on a show, you're messing up. You're messing up.
0: Yeah.
1: So these are my five kind of, you know, key strategies for growing a seven-figure business in three years or less.
0: I love it. So where can people get access to you, your content, your books, all that?
1: So look, if you go anywhere on Google and you put in Nikki Bilu, you'll find me, you'll find my social media profiles, you'll find my, my appearances on this show and all the other shows I've been on, plus my podcast. If that's what you want to do, if you just want to check me out, that's what I recommend you do. Or go on Amazon if you're a book reader and type in Nikki Baloo, all my books will show up and all that good stuff. But but if you're a serious individual who really wants to take 2023 to another level, then don't do any of that. Go to my calendar link and book what I call a success coaching call and fill out the application form there. And in it, say, let's, you heard me on this show. And also say you're a serious business person uh, and you want to have a serious conversation about taking your business to another level. I offer the call for free. So, you know, you get my $1,000 uh, half hour time for free. And let's let's sit down. Let's have a real conversation about helping you finally crush it in 2023. Amazing. So Thank it's edircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. That's where you go.
0: Perfect. I will put that into the show links for you all. I know that you got a ton of value out of that. I literally am like sitting here taking notes as we go. I'm like, Oh, like that. I like that. I like that. And I'm, uh, I'm sad that we're out of time today, but I'm really grateful for this conversation and thank you so much for being here today. And I'm excited to see how people utilize this information and how they change their lives in the next year to come. And I know it's gonna be a good one because we're focused on where we're going and not where we're at. And so thank you again, Nikki, for being here and uh, make sure that you guys share the show if you got value out of today, which I know you did and reach out to Nikki for a little bit more help in the areas that you want some help with. So until next time, that is Pursuit of Relentless signing out.